If you think about nature, it grows so slowly. Things take a Mm -hmm. lot of time, Mm -hmm. but they happen nonetheless, right? Like Mm -hmm. flower starts as the seed. Yeah. It sounds so fucking stupid when you say it, but Mm -hmm. it's like, that is how it works. And if you treat yourself as something so sacred as a piece of nature, because you are, that's what you actually are, then you can sort of rewire the way you look at growth. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm glad you're feeling better. Oh my God. Me too. It was really rough. Well, it's funny because when we were going to record, when we were first going to record, I like had just finished being sick and I was like pulling it together for that day. Like yeah. I, re- I got sick the week before and I was like, fuck, I'm recording with Bella. And in my mind, I was like, I just hope I'm better by then. Um, and I, and I was still feeling like shit when you were like, let's cancel. And then you felt, so it's just, it's going yeah. around. I know. So I definitely, I'm actually convinced that what I I'm, you can, I'm a little like rough still, but comparatively to where I was mid last week, it's a lot better. Um, yeah. but I'm convinced actually that I like got sick in part because of like a mental thing like I was in a rut of like Mm. self-doubt I was like very stagnant like basically we we, I was in Maine with my boyfriend's family and I always I like usually successfully combine work and play like I'm usually pretty good at that like I think you probably get it when you work for yourself you kind of just like make it work but I can be on that call yeah right but then every once Mm. in a while a situation happens you're like this is not going to work i need to pick one or the other yeah. so yeah. i had like gone into the week thinking i was going to be all productive and whatever and then ended up like it was just not a good environment to get anything done and so i was like totally. oh damn it like i want to do more i want to be productive i feel like i'm quote unquote behind i don't know who the fuck i'm behind mm. but like behind. <laughs> totally and so yeah so it was just like a couple <laughs> weeks of that and then yeah it just a week ago, like I woke up on Tuesday last week and I was like, holy shit, it was so bad. Like drowning in mucus, coughing, sneezing. Like my ears are still really, um, mm. what's the word, like congested, which is like the mm-hmm. worst feeling mm-hmm. they won't like pop. But yeah, so something. But I, anyway, I think that I got myself literally sick because of like a mental thing. And yeah. I've simultaneously been reading um, The War of Art. Have you read it? I haven't read it, but I've heard of, I've heard of it. Yeah. It's you got to read it. It is amazing. But I, it's helping me because I was able to like pinpoint, like basically give a name to what I'd been feeling and what was sort of like quote unquote holding me back. And mm-hmm. it talks about it, it names. I think this is the name he really gives for the ego in a way, but he calls it resistance with a capital R. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whatever is stopping you from like doing you're calling or like you have this idea, but then you get scared and don't do it. Right. So I was like, Oh, that's what I've been feeling. Like, it's not like something's wrong with me. It's not like I'm special in some way or whatever. It's more just like, I'm feeling this mental thing. So anyway, the point is, I think literally me being so sick was like resistance in some way, trying to like Mm -hmm. leave Mm -hmm. the body or trying to like actually keep me down so that I could think about what I'm doing. It was very interesting. Yeah. This will be good. Or because you're already recording, so I'm going to say that. Oh, yeah. I usually just, okay, cool. I end up no, just, just start chatting and just keep going. And yeah. So, or it could 
have been a physical upgrade because your body has to catch up with the mind because the mind is you're right is powerful can take you anywhere you want to go but the body is still not as complex as the mind and the brain so the body has to catch up right we're we're still connected i feel like there's this people yeah. think that it's working on one thing and then working on the other and it's mm-hmm. working on both because yeah. we're connected we're in this body right we're in this body the body's connected to the mind, the brain connects our movement, our somatic awareness, our function in the physical. And it's so weird that humans see it as two different things. Um, So something so alive for me is, is physical upgrades. It's like, if you start to feel lethargic, or even if you have those, you know, those moments where you just can't sleep at night. And I'm Mm. like, I am exhausted. And it's not necessarily that I'm stressed or anxious. I just can't go to sleep. It's something in my body that it's not done doing what it's doing. Yeah. No, I, I seriously think 100% that that is part of what happened to me and that happens to a lot of people because I actually like started out this year. I like made a really big investment in myself and a coach. I like really went hard on like the work, basically, we'll just call it. And I remember... I, so I actually left my full-time job a little over yeah, a month ago. Yeah, congrats. I heard Thank about you. That. Yes, very exciting and terrifying. It's huge. Um, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. And so I had this thing in my mind where I was like, I feel like my physical reality has not properly caught up yet to mm-hmm. where I was like trying to get. So I'm yeah. a big believer in that idea that like, as you start to quote unquote upgrade your life or just like try to align with new things that it's going to take a second for everything else to mm. catch up. And like your body attunes to that, right? So right. it's so true. Oh my God. I just like the the wonders of the mind-body-spirit yeah. connection are fascinating to me. And this is really what like, I get so excited when I talk to people like you because I'm like, I have these aha moments where I click together how, you know, for me, I'm so huge into critical thinking, free thought, like trying to get people to just think better about things, to be more open-minded. And I realized uh, like a couple of years ago that I was like, some people's bodies literally do not have the capacity to do this. And mm-hmm. it's like the thought, you know, th- the mind is sometimes very, it's just unreliable. Sometimes you can like do all your affirmations, right? But if your body doesn't agree totally. with it, it doesn't yeah. fucking matter, right? Yeah. I was just telling a client, I was so I work with people integrating everything. Oh yeah, please. Because, give, can you give an intro actually of your yeah, of for the listeners? I'm I'm so happy to be here. I'm so stoked to be chatting with you. Yeah, I'm Lexi Rodriguez. I am an energetic embodiment coach, um, but I really work with people connecting the mind, body, spirit, and really, really getting a grip and a grasp on what that means from a human perspective, right? So a lot of work with energy and embodiment and um, trauma-informed healing because it's all connected. And why I do all of that now as one is because I was in just the physical as um, a personal trainer and and a fitness instructor, right? But as I learned and started observing my clients, it was more so that these humans just wanted to be held and and have a little direction, right? And then as I took it another step further, it was 
okay, so what are they missing in their life that makes them want to be here every single Mm. day and so consistent? Is it that they're just so consistent? They just want to be so strong and, you know, yeah, that's great. That's beautiful. But it's deeper than that. It's more than that. So to grow, to elevate, to transform, you have to check in with everything in your life, every fucking thing, energy, physical, mental, spiritual, relational. Mm. Um, it's all, it's all so complex, but it can be very simple. So I try to simplify it for people. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, I feel like a lot of people maybe come from one world, so to speak, or they, their Mm. experience has been like, Oh, I'm going to work on all the mental stuff. I'm going to like do all, all the things to build my mental fortitude, but then they forget that there's a physical aspect to it where you have to like, like we're saying, integrate it into mm-hmm. your being. And that's where mm-hmm. the work comes in of like, you know, uh, the whole, all the arsenal of tools, right? All the modalities like breath work, meditation, obviously exercise, like all sorts of modalities mm-hmm. that get into the body. And that's where like, you're actually going to change and rewrite, you know, the stories, because I think those are those old things. I mean, we know this, those old ones, old, like stories, whatever beliefs that are literally like encoded into you that keep you repeating the pattern, right? Or like that mm-hmm. stop you from making the decision to build a better habit. It's like yeah. all those things. And so we have to combine it. My my brother is reading um, Atomic Habits. Mm-hmm. And have you read it before? No, I haven't. I've heard of it too. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> so many good books out there. I feel like all of these you can get. So many fucking good books. I was actually I thinking know. about that when you, when you told me you were reading... Um, the book that you're reading, I was yeah. like, there's so many, like in my mind, I'm like, no, I haven't. And then I was like, oh, this looks good. I've definitely heard people talk about it. I'm like looking at my table of books right here. And yeah. I'm so like, yeah, cool. This is inspiring. And then I'm like over it. And I'm such a, like, I do love reading, yeah. but I mostly love feeling the idea or the concept and then yes. living my life now with the awareness of that, because again, that's just, you're projecting what you're learning or diving into. Right. Yeah. So if I start reading a book, um, I'll like, fin- finish it eventually. It'll probably take me six months, but <laughs> that, that's just my flow, but yeah. I'll walk out into the world and I'll be at a coffee shop and I'll hear these people talking about that book. And I'll mm. hear, I'll have a client come to me with like this question. And I'm like, Oh shit. I just clicked on my awareness. And now I'm seeing what I'm, what I was going to dive in and learn, but firsthand from experience. Yes. Yeah. I I do the same thing. And I find that you, I mean, I feel like most of the benefit we get from whatever book we're reading is actually just take a concept that hits home. Like there's always something Mm -hmm. that really pierces Mm -hmm. your mind and then just like try integrating, integrating it or like living your life from that. Like I get so many life-changing benefits from just like the first chapter of a book. Like totally. I remember years ago reading um, just the first chapter of Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. I'm a huge fan of him because he's like just such a hardcore guy. He's like the yeah. ultimate like muscular manly man. He's just like when you need a kick in the ass, like he's the guy. And he has yeah. this amazing book called Extreme Ownership. And the title really explains the whole concept itself. Yeah. But just from reading the first chapter... From then, I remember being like, I'm going to take an extreme sense of responsibility for every fucking thing that happens in my life. Yeah. And you're like, just, yeah, yeah. This. So you like look around, you flip the table, you're like, I'm yeah. in. I'm like, <laughs> I understood. I got the whole book's message in the first chapter. 
I mean, no, totally. I'm sure like reading. The well, just the title. Good. It's like someone being like, or a coach telling you like, well, you know what, Bella, you need to take extreme ownership. And just that those two yeah. words threaded together is like, oh, you're yeah. right. Like you're yeah. right. Seriously. I mean, that's sometimes it's all it takes. That's why I remember like when it comes to sharing your message, I used to get like, I don't know. I think on social media, sometimes we're like, oh, is the right person hearing this? Whatever. Mm-hmm. One time I had this conversation in person where I forget what we were talking about, but it spanned like a few different things. And I mentioned, oh, I think I mentioned law of one to someone. Mm-hmm. Like I was mm-hmm. explaining what it is. And it flew right over their head. Like not yeah. just no concept of it. And I was like, oh my God, that's how it works. And that's actually a good thing because it means the message that you have is going to land on the right person who's ready for it. Like think about, like I think back to me in high school and I'm sure that I was exposed to like, this is how you eat better. This is how you think better, whatever. But over my head, like was not ready for it, right? And then you have to be ready for it. Yes, yeah. That's such a great example of the, like the coaching space and the wellness space too, is like you can't force anyone to be ready to grow or elevate or expand or reprogram, right? You just can't force them to. And I feel like when a coach or a leader is trying to express their concepts, a lot of times they quote unquote, dumb them down, or they try to simplify them. And I think there is power in simplicity, but I think that if it's your true essence and the way that you feel like you want and desire to express your work, um, you have to express it that way and just trust that it will land on who it's supposed to land on. Because I've been there where I've had moments in my business where I'm like writing a concept or I'm coming up with a podcast idea or whatever it is. And I'm like, this is deep, but I'm like, this is like big and I'll, I'll run it by my husband and he is great, but he's not in this world. Mm. And he'll be like, I don't know. You should probably just simplify it. And that's the one thing you don't tell me. Like, I'm just like, I'm not going to fucking dumb it down. This is expansive and this is electric, you know? And when I first started online business and I had a coach, she would always tell me, Lexi, like, you can't use these words and you have to, you, you know, you have to really simplify who you're talking to. He's like, she's like, think about the person in the room that's going to need the most support as you explain this, talk to them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't want to talk to them. Like, I don't want to, I want to go deep and I want to land on people that are ready to go deep and not just be like, Oh yeah, gross. Go for a 10 minute walk a day. And that's, that's going to help. It is going to help. But what I've learned, and I'm grateful that I've made it to this point in my business where now I get off a session and I'm like, whoa, like what just happened? Like, I'll be like, let me explain this concept to you. And I'll dive into explanation. And I don't even have insecurity about it because it's so embodied in my expression that when I'll be like, did that land with you? Mm-hmm. Um, and they say, yeah, they're just like, yeah, completely. I don't have to be like, you fucking lying to me or, right. you know, yeah, I'm just yeah. like, damn, that landed. And I just, it, it just gets me so high. Like conversations get me so high with my clients when they get it. And it's okay if you don't get it. And if you have the patience to sit with me, I'll explain it and I'll be patient. Right. And I'll definitely be patient if you want to understand, but if you don't, it's fine. We don't have to like move forward with whatever it is, a conversation, a relationship, a transaction. Yeah. That's awesome. I'd love to hear more about how you 
sort of have like developed as a coach and the work you do in that space. I'm really fascinated. And I have so much like respect and admiration for coaches and especially ones where you like can just see that this is like their calling and they're fucking good at it and they love it. And it's also coming from someone who I last year tried like dipping my toes a little bit. I like wanted to explore doing one-on-ones. It didn't work out. And I think it was for the better. Like I loved the idea of like helping people in that format, but I don't think it was the right like container for Mm -hmm. my message. So anyway, I love Mm -hmm. to hear more about like how you found it and how you've developed yourself in that way. Also, because I think sometimes people like misunderstand the role of a coach and like what Mm -hmm. it's like to invest in someone. And especially like, you know, in every industry, there's like people who are in it for the wrong reasons. But I love to hear from someone who like, is super aligned in what they're doing and can like speak mm. to it with a passion. I'd love to hear more. Yeah. About that. Thank you. First, I just want to say like, bravo for being real with yourself and not moving forward with a one-on-one container with someone just because you thought you could do it or you wanted to explore it, like to, to feel into your yeah. body's response is huge. Totally. Right? And, and you're like, changing yeah. lives with this platform. So you obviously found what works for you and who knows, like, that's the thing too, is this industry is really the wild, wild West. You can make it whatever you want. You can be a podcast coach or you can now find your niche. And so that's kind of how it started with me. I was in radio for six years before I got into the wellness space and why I ended up exploring wellness was I would do production This was like in 2009 and 10 before podcasts were huge. This was where, when there was Blogspot and there was like small internet radio stations just um, based locally. Um, And then they would reach out to like Blogspot to get shows on their internet radio stations. So I would do production for shows that wanted to either promote their business or have a show on our internet radio station. And I coincidentally, not coincidentally, but in divine timing, got paired with life coaches. I got paired with psychologists, therapists, hypnotherapists, And it was, they were just like, Lexi's the youngest producer here. Just let her do that. You know, she'll have some fun with them. It was more exciting. Um, There was some really boring shows on our internet radio station that I was like, I am not going to produce that guy's show about selling pools. You know, like I was just like, no, (laughs) I'm in radio. I took a, um, I left local radio and I got paid a lot more money for a 22 year old. And so I took the position and eventually ended up coming here because I was like, no, this isn't, this isn't me. Mm. But so producing those shows, I saw these people diving into these new forms of therapy, right? Hypnotherapy to me at that time, I was like, that's, that's crazy. What is yeah. that? Right. It's I never like really, really dove into it. Before it's time kind of, or now, yeah, totally. let's say like before now it's really popular. Right. Well, before it was, it had the platform to be popular too, right? We have mm. to remember that is yeah. there were hypnotherapists, there were Reiki healers, there were intuitive guides, but it wasn't, and it wasn't just out there. Right. Um, so I was immediately drawn to it, immediately drawn to it. And one of the life coaches asked me, can I do a live coaching session with you on air? 
I was like, yeah, of course. And she did a live coaching session with me on air and I loved it. Like, cause I, again, being in radio, being open, I was never like too shy about sharing my life. Right. Um, I was like, let's fucking go. And after that, I was just so into it. I just started looking up how I could get more involved. And so wow. I was about 22, 23 when I started studying trans um, personal psychology. And then from there, I got a life coaching certificate. I was 22 years old and I was like, I'm, I'm going to be a life coach. I'm going to start taking clients. I took my first clients when I was 24 years old. And it was, a, I was a relationship coach at that time. That's amazing. Fucking bizarre. <laughs> I was a relationship coach at that time. I had four clients paying me a hundred dollars a session. I still like I still was charging a good amount um, of money and I was bartending at the same time and I was still producing radio shows. But I say that to say is when you know what you're attracted to, if you're not distracted with doubt and fear and you're just kind of in your zone, you know, I feel blessed to have been in my zone, but I worked hard to be in my zone. You just know. And Mm. it's funny because last week I had a session um, a somatic experiencing session with someone I'm working with. And she started life coaching at, at like 21 as well. And we were both kind of just sharing stories about, I was like, well, I'm glad it worked out because so many people were like, wait, you do what you're right. a relationship coach. So many people just didn't know number one, what a life coach was. Right. Um, they didn't understand the embodiment of a life coach like they do today. Mm. And they saw how young I was and they were confused about what type of life coaching I could do. Right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm so happy that I am where I am today and I don't necessarily call myself a life coach anymore. I never really did. I just, that I'm a coach and, you know, I did a podcast back then. So I got clients from the podcast I had did back then. That's where I got the clients. Um, and my podcast partner, I met when I was bartending at a local bar in Scottsdale and he was the psychologist. Wow. So I originally met him because I was trying to sell him a show on our, on our network because I would get a commission. Right. Mm. So I met him. We're still good friends to this day. We ended up I ended up quitting my production job. We started a podcast. This is 10 years ago. Um, it's, it was called the walk of shame radio podcast. Cause we talked, I was like prime time in my dating, dating life, like right. prime time one night stands, but was, I was that girl that was confident about it. I, you know, dating girls, dating guys, like I had stories. Right. So we started this podcast. I went full-time bartending and my goal was to move to San Diego. So I was podcasting and bartending for like four months straight and saving some money. And then I moved here and got into fitness. Wow. Yeah. It's like, when I look back and tell this story, I feel more confident and embodied in what I do, but it's Mm. funny speaking of like the mind, sometimes the mind, sometimes I'll have weeks where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I doing this? I started looking at jobs. Not really, but right. You have those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what am oh, I doing? Sure. Yeah. And then it, this is why it's so important to tell your story. It's mm-hmm. one of the modules in my signature program, telling your story, take off your mask. It's like, just tell your fucking story. And yeah. then you're going to, you're going to see and hear why you are the way you are. And you're going to hear and see why you are 
where you are. Mm. And that feels good. Humans yeah. need to feel like they belong where they are. They yeah. need to. That's the one, the number one thing I think that causes mental health and insecurity, uh, mental health issues and insecurity is not feeling like you belong where you are. Yes. Oh my God. I mean, it's like the existential crisis that so many young people experience is like just feeling like you don't understand your place. You don't understand the world. Like it's literally existential angst is that. And I feel like Mm -hmm. I love the idea of telling your story because that's such a good exercise. Even like Mm -hmm. I started doing that recently or just like recounting my, my path, let's say my, my story, basically same thing of just thinking like from a perspective of how far I've come, but also sort of giving yourself credit for saying like, I do have a unique, everyone has a unique story, right? Like everyone's gone through something different. And it's like, you can just look at that to then also paint it in a positive way. My favorite Mm -hmm. Joe Rogan quote is he's always like, be the hero of your own story and, or like be like the hero of your own movie type of thing. Like make your life into that movie that you're the hero. And that's such an empowering thing. Mm. And it also gives people mm-hmm. meaning. You can start to string together. Yeah, that feels good. Say, right. You can say that thing that happened to me in high school actually was the spurring point of why I'm like this now or like this struggle that I mm-hmm. went through. I realized that the lesson in there is what sparked this. And mm-hmm. I think as humans, we're totally creatures of wanting. We want to make meaning out of everything. And it's a double-edged yeah. sword because you can make good meaning out of things. Yeah. And that can help you. But we can also make, you know, the story be like, well, I tried it once and I'm going to fail again. Or I like, I, I'm really sick of trying. Like I've literally tried everything mm-hmm. and it never works. Totally. And actually Ava, Johanna, she was on, you know her I'm saying for the listeners, she was on the show a couple uh, episodes ago, but she said something really powerful to me when we were together um, in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And we were both announcing the launch of something. We timed it with a... I loved it. I loved it. I was watching the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) I was, you know, really opening up to her on the beach. And I was like, I was telling her, I was like, I'm frustrated. I feel like I've been trying things and like nothing has really stuck or been like the thing. And she was just expressing to me like everything up until this moment, none of it has to mean anything. It can literally just be the past and mean absolutely nothing. And right now you can choose what you want the story to be going forward. You can Mm -hmm. just forget Mm -hmm. about everything. And I really loved that at the moment because it's like we can make the story really wonderful and positive, but sometimes we can't see it that way at the moment. And it's more powerful to be like, nothing means anything. And I get to run ahead right now and choose what I want. And I literally like I ran into the ocean screaming, I choose abundance. And it was great. (laughs) And it was awesome. Like it was such a nice reset. I had a great yeah, first like I love it. hours of the launch. Like it was really great. But the point is like, we love to make meaning of things, but I think mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. have to be aware of how it is just a construct of the mind in the end. Like existentially, there's kind of no meaning, which is seems yeah. dark and depressing, but you can flip it. You can kind of slice it whichever way you like. Yeah. It well, meaning too, to me, like my meaning is different than your meaning too. And mm. I think that can be empowering is like, what, what does life mean? What is my purpose? Right. But my purpose, like the word purpose feels different. In everybody's body. When yeah. I hear someone say, what is your purpose? I envision right. And 
0.5 seconds, what I have programmed in my body or rewired right at that Mm. to see and feel purpose. Right. Right. But you are different. Mm. And that's the thing too, is like, what is your purpose? What is, what is the meaning of life? It's you're right. It's nothing. And it's everything all in the same breath, depending on the person. Right. So Mm -hmm. with this story exercise, I try to do it a few times a year. And with my clients, what I have them do is I have them set a timer for like seven minutes, like seven to 10 minutes. And then I have them set the, set the tone, set the vibe, light a candle, even have a glass of wine. If that's going to make you feel better, have some matcha, whatever, and write down stream of consciousness style. What comes up when you're telling your story, you can start wherever you want. You can start when you were five years old, you can start when you met your husband, whatever it is, Mm. but that tells so much about that moment. So it's not about when I ask my clients to do this, it's not about, I don't, I care about them. I care about their story, but I care more about observing what is alive in them in that moment. How do you Mm. see yourself? What is making you feel either really uber confident or what is kind of bringing you down. And I'll be able to tell that just from the story, Mm. but right. So as you asked me that we're recording a podcast, I'm talking about what I do with my clients. So immediately my story is expressed from, you know, I used to be, I didn't say anything about my childhood, right? I Mm. said, I used to be in radio this, this is so alive with me right now. We're recording a podcast. This makes sense. Right. But if I was at a coffee shop with a yoga instructor friend or whatever, and she said, tell me a little bit about you. I probably, because of the environment would have said, you know, I played sports all my life. And so that's why I love movement so much. And then that could have been a completely different story. Like we don't just have one story. We have this trunk of that is us. And we have these branches that are dynamic mm. and they're different colors and textures and they're, they're really ripe and maybe they're really dead in some places. And yeah. that's the complexity that is a human. And that's why, you know, this work is so important to tailor it to the person that you're working with. So I think moving forward, you know, I was meant to be a mentor, a guide, a teacher, you know, because I have a good idea on human behavior. And I think it's instinctual for me, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't have to always know why you are the way you are, but Mm -hmm. I've always been so attracted to human behavior. Holy shit. Always, 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 right? Yeah. So you think that that's, I actually think about, I do think some people like maybe it's tied to EQ in some ways is ability to understand human nature. And I Mm -hmm. think that is a very powerful understanding to have, especially if you want to be able to understand culture and society. And I think that a big reason why some people have such bad ideas basically is because they don't actually understand human nature. But I actually think part of that is maybe because they don't understand themselves. Yes. And a lot of people go through most of their life having never been truly honest with themselves and never having Mm. actually looked in the mirror 
And I think for me, that's why I see the undeniable link between the inner work, spirituality, whatever you want to call it, and then like being able to be a better thinker, critical thinker, like even just understanding reality better and being more open minded. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. so many people yes. are living that lie, right? And they've never yeah. gone to the depths to be able to understand themselves. And so, therefore, they're looking at the world through a lens that's already kind of smudged. Yeah. They or they've see. never had to understand right. themselves. They've mm. been given everything they've ever wanted. Like, think to get into politics for a hot second, think about it. A lot of politicians came from a family of politicians. They said, this right. is what you're going to do. You're going to go to this college. You're going to learn these concepts. You're going to you know, follow these amendments that were written <laughs> fucking hundreds of years ago. And there, and there are people still stuck flipping pages of a fucking book to find an answer to something rather than looking inward or observing their environment and feeling the energy of the humans in the community, right? It's fucking gnarly. Yeah. That's actually a really interesting way to put it and why it, that kind of explains why politicians tend to be so fucking out of touch is like, yeah, wait, I posted, (laughs) I reposted a meme yesterday on my stories and it was like it was like politicians are so so clueless or the humans running the country are so clueless because they've never done mushrooms or something like something like that and I'm like if you have done psychedelics or explored mushrooms mushrooms are of the earth Mm. mushrooms have their own natural intelligence humans have our own natural intelligence. That's yes. why sometimes you have a bad trip because maybe there's something you're fighting within your natural intelligence and your intuitive perception, right? Yes. So if you've never been able to feel your own essence or walk as you were meant to walk on this earth, right? And you try to uh, integrate something so magical as mushrooms into your body, you're, Mm. it's just going to be a fight. Right. So, um, obviously I'm joking, but not really, but not really, but it makes so much sense. Dude, this is actually like a light bulb moment for me because it's like, it can be a spectacle to observe authority figures, no matter what side of the aisle they're on too. Right. Like no one for most politicians in any high up position a lot of them are incredibly out of touch and they also like come up with these ideas or like have these policy concepts that don't actually make sense. And we are all quote unquote down here, not that we're below them, but like, we're all like what this doesn't on earth (laughs) on earth. Right. And I think that's actually so interesting to consider that what you're originally explaining of like, they've been on this life path. that's very laid out and is very much rooted in outsourcing your knowledge to something else, whether it be literally like, you know, the the history and the laws of like the country, which are powerful to know, but like yeah. they shouldn't define your entire reality. And then also like going down a path of to be a politician is very like well laid out. It's one of the like most archaic, I think, like career paths, so to speak, totally. because it, th- there's very little room it seems to like, quote unquote, make it by being like, you know, a strongly moral, like principal person, like you have to really discard a lot of who you are. And so it makes sense why then you have people in the positions of power 
who are so out of touch because they don't actually know themselves. They've not, this is, these are big assumptions, but I feel them to be yeah. true given like what we know about most, you know, politicians, right? Is like, they're rarely these grounded, like down to earth people who are there understanding their community needs or have just like an understanding of human nature. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's why when they butt heads, like why an AOC comes in or a Harris comes in and they butt heads with these other people of power that have been there for longer or have been in a family lineage that has been there for longer. That's why they butt heads. They don't understand. They just have different perspectives. Right. right. So yeah, it's like, we're one is not right. One is not wrong. My perspective feels better with, of course, mm-hmm. you guys can go ahead and guess which one, right. but, um, when new people come in, younger people, people that have more of a connection with presence, um, even back years and years ago, when people came in to try to make a change, those people were usually more grounded people that were operating from, from their heart and not Mm. their fucking ego. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, then to think that environment is not really conducive to you know, debate and disagreement, especially because people are also really tied to their identity. Like that's the whole name of the game is to pick your party, your policy, whatever the thing is that like you have equated with you being a morally upright person that then debating any of that is going to become very difficult because your identity is tightly fused to it. And it's so it's like the whole, you know, two party system or just even like latching yourself onto an idea, an ideology, and then having to run with it and like prove it all the time, you get married mm-hmm. to it. And then yeah, you can't totally. actually argue it, right? Like that's yeah. where you have those really strong personalities that like, it's not a conducive argue, uh, a conducive, conducive environment for truly arguing and figuring out what's the best idea. Because yeah. your idea, you've made it the same. They're as robots. They're robots, right? Yeah. Did we just solve world peace? <laughs> Basically, with I mean, mushrooms? Is, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I really think I've recently started exploring um, microdosing. I haven't done a full journey yet. I've just done like very like subperceptual amounts, basically. Um, it's been really amazing. I've found it to be, I mean, helpful overall for mental health, I think, just in like mm. the small number of times I've done it, but also being really present. I like had an experience where I went to um, a concert here in Cambridge and I had never felt so present in my life. It was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. didn't realize it was that like you, that you could be that much in one moment. And I had mm. struggled before because I last summer went to a music festival and had a bad experience where I was actually completely sober because I drove everyone. And, um, I couldn't be present. I was like missing my boyfriend really badly. I was like Mm. overthinking things. I like wanted to dance, but I was thinking too much about how I was going to look. And Mm. so it was just like not a fun experience. And I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to like, you're like, shit, if I was sober and tripping, I don't know if I should do that. I know. So I was like, (laughs) I'm fucked. I can't ever enjoy concerts again. And so I was just, (laughs) I was really sad. I was like, I didn't go for a while. And then I went to this, uh, show is really intimate show for um 
my new favorite DJ, Ben Bomer. He's yeah, I'm seeing him out here. Oh my in, god, um, wait, August. You saw him live? I'm going to see him. we've seen him live a couple times. I'm seeing him at Crossfest in San Diego in August. He's one of my husband's favorite DJs. Wait, when? What's the date of that? August 5th through the 8th. You should come down, girl. Okay, I'm gonna consider because I and we should wanna, get Ava to come down too. That would be so I want to go see him again. It was actually like on top of the fact that he's an amazing artist, right? Like I knew it was going to be good no matter what, but also the microdosing. I was like having the actual best night of my life. I was front row, totally. with my hands on the stage, and he was right there. And I remember we were like making eye contact during certain songs, just like fucking vibing yeah and it was cool because i just felt like doing microdoses of psilocybin i think it helps open up a new possibility for you i think really that's what a lot of people like experience Mm -hmm. with it is you're like oh there's a new level of presence that i can achieve and i can achieve this when i'm you know quote unquote sober what just like without the help of any substances like i mm-hmm. can do this on my own and that has and, been- and it like gets you out of your mind too i think yes. because i think so many people are overthinking um, or i know so many people are overthinking and so what it does is it like massages the mm-hmm. mind a little bit or it lets it just relax like cbd right if you like to do cbd because your your muscles are tense mm-hmm. you relax a little bit i think it's the same with microdosing mushrooms and you can just be so connected to the energy in the room right you can be so connected to the energy that is people just trying to be in music and Mm. vibe and this high frequency and love and um it's so beautiful i just went to lightning in a bottle and the cool part about that is it's thousands of people thousands thousands i want to say maybe fifteen thousand people maybe more than that And you don't see one fucking fight. You don't see any type of argument. You don't see anything that you would see at a club that has 300 people. Right. And that always blows my mind because I love the festival scene because it's so grounded in love and it's Mm. so grounded in music and connection and peace and nobody's there to fight. And if someone is tripping on something or because of something, you'll see people go and calm them down and connect and really like based off of nervous system work, which is a lot of my focus with clients, co-regulation, regulation, regulation, one-on-one connection. You see someone tripping, you go over, you put your hand on their back and you just are there with them. I've seen that so many times in the festival scene and it's so powerful, but it's also just evidence that people need people to be able to open their heart. People need people to be able to express themselves the way they want to express themselves. Like you can't do this growth shit alone. You just can't. It's impossible. Seriously. Yeah. I believe that to be true. I mean, I think it can be powerful to spend time alone, but then I think it's all in relation, right? Like I, when was this? Oh, yeah, I love being like, alone, girlfriend. I love yeah. it. <laughs> but I'm aware of the fact, right? That yes. When I have goals and dreams, I need to express them to my husband, to my friends, right? I think that's why Ava and I work so well because we're very on the same frequency of what we want in life and what we want to teach and how we want to impact, right? Yeah. So imagine if we were doing our things separately, we wouldn't be as powerful. We wouldn't be as impactful. Yeah. Right. Plus, it's like you need something to sort of 
check if you're actually growing because if you're, yes, it's also easy when you're alone kind of right. Because it's like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that, but the time when it actually counts is when you go back into reality, into the relationship, into the workplace, into whatever environment that you're usually in. And if you can maintain the, whatever like mental upgrades that you've undergone or the work you've done, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you have to practice it and do it in real life for it to count yeah. really. Right. If not, you're just sort of in this operating in a silo and it doesn't matter because the whole point is to bring it to the world. Mm-hmm, totally. Totally. It's a good example of the, like Academy of Breath. We have mm-hmm. so many teachers that are stoked to learn the knowledge right? And you can learn the knowledge and I think it can help you tremendously, but there are teachers in, in any, in any um, space that go through a certification or they go through a course and then they, it's like, they keep it to themselves because they're nervous to express it, or they keep it to themselves because they have some doubt or insecurity about standing in their power and wondering if they really can make an impact. I've seen teachers go through our certification and never teach, which is fine. But I think that's a good example of what you're saying is like, but come into this room, come into this group, show me how this feels in your body by expressing Mm -hmm. it to me. And let me be a mirror of how powerful you are. Right. So it's like, go out and teach what, you know, even if you didn't go through a certification, even if you don't think you know it that well, you're only going to get better if you see the impact in real time in another human, right? In another human's eyes as they're nodding, as they're mirroring your presence and your expression. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. The, The signature course that I run is called Energetically You. And by the end of it, the my clients, my students, they create a course and it could be any type of course. It could be just a meditation. It could be just a talk, Mm. but I want them to see in an embodied way, what they have been able to integrate from the eight weeks with me, but also just with these concepts. And it's so cool to see it come to life because you should see them in that first session. They're like, I just want to get more in touch with my energy. I just want to feel better. Like nobody really comes to this signature program. That's like, I want to make 10 K a month. It's all about feeling and energy. Right. right? But by the end they do because Mm. of their energy. Um, So it's like to see your growth in real time is the shift that's Mm going to take you to the next level. Right. Yeah. It's like having the the real life proof that something Mm -hmm. has changed. How do you like, let's say for someone who doesn't really understand like the term energy or like being Mm -hmm. embodied, Mm -hmm. kind of explaining Mm -hmm that concept. Cause I think, Mm -hmm. I think most people have a general understanding even when you say like, when you walk into a room and like the vibe is off, like you can tell yeah. sort of relating that to from an individual level, like what it means to understand your energy, to become more embodied, to like basically just become more aware of that um, yeah. realm. Yeah. So something that I teach on that I've developed over the past years is energetic embodiment. And the definition of that from my perspective is our expression, our energetic expression of our somatic awareness, right? So somatic awareness is sensations in your body. It's how you're feeling. So it's like right now I'm charged up because we're having this conversation. I'm stoked. I'm talking about the shit that I love, right? So 
in my body right now, like my heart's beating fast and it feels good. And my fingers are tingly and they feel kind of warm. So why do I feel that way? It's because there's energy and electricity on a cellular level in my body that's creating these impulses that are energy, right? So on a scientific level, that is energy on a spiritual level. I'm sure you can feel my energy, right? Because scientifically, when you're co-regulating as we are, because we're just chatting, you're feeling energy. You're feeling my energy, even if I'm not in the same room as you. Mm -hmm. So if I was sitting here and I was just like, yeah, mm -hmm. okay, Bella, like what kind of plant is back there? Whatever. (laughs) You'd be like, what the fuck? Right. You'd be like, what is happening? And that's because you're feeling my energy lessen, right. Mm -hmm. Or be less, be less alive. So, you know, I had this conversation with a client the other day about how people say like, it was high vibe. Mm. Right. And the energy of just saying high vibe, I don't think as is as real as it really as, as vibes really are Mm. right. The vibration in the room really is based off of everybody's electricity in their body. Mm. Um, so it's like, you're looking around and you're just like, Holy shit, we're on a vibration that is joy and love and connection. Um, and if we were at, if, and you've walked into a room, I walked into a room where I'm just like, Ooh, I like, don't love this. Um, and the average can be brought down in the room based off of what someone's going through on a mm-hmm. cellular level, mm-hmm. right? So it's a lot of science. It's a lot of spiritual, and it's a lot of stuff that you can't ground into physical form, mm-hmm. but it's more about just feeling it in your body. And that's the embodied piece. So right. embodiment for me started teaching fitness. Embodiment for me was I feel my hands on my mat. I feel my center body keeping me up. I feel my toes pressed down on the mat. I'm embodied in this plank. I'm embodied in strength. I'm embodied in support, right? You're really embodied. Your essence is what you say it is. And that's embodiment um, from my perspective. I hope that makes sense. Yes, no, it does. It does 100%. And I think like the easiest, I try to think of examples for people totally to sort of explore because I think it can be really powerful to just sort of open your mind to that being a possibility that you have sort of your own energetic footprint and sort of yeah. the other person and that you also have a lot of control over it. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's like sort of just opening up that realm to say the next time I interact with someone, I'm not only going to listen and look at them. I also want to see if I can tell how they're like feeling based on the energy Mm -hmm. I'm reading from them. And just sort Mm -hmm. of even trusting that your mind and body are capable of reading it. I think that's a lot of it too is. It's huge. That's all of it. That's all of it is trust. It's, 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 trusting your capability as a human. Mm. It's fucking huge. That's like the main piece. And I love what you just said about even in a conversation, it's like, maybe let's see if I can read this person's energy. That's such a good way to practice. Mm. But then it's also keeping in mind that your perspective has a lot of power, right? So it's the strength is being able to compartmentalize you 
and mm-hmm. what's alive with you and then what's alive with them and what you feel from them. And that's not easy, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. And how can we do that? Presence. How mm-hmm. can we do that? Meditation. How can we do that? You know, grounding, breath work, all the things that regulate our nervous system or strengthen our capacity to be a human is going to strengthen our capacity to discern my energy or your energy. And you hear that going around in the wellness space so much right now. It's like, I was in the coffee shop and it wasn't my energy, but then I brought it home and then I fought with my husband and it's like, yeah, but that's still your fault. That's still your problem. Like you were really open. You're an empath. I get it. And I I get it. I'm an empath too, but I've strengthened the capacity most days, Mm -hmm. not all the time to protect my energy and to know when I'm reacting from something that either has leaked from me or been leaked into my system. And it's, it's like having integrity with your humanness and not blaming anybody else. Yeah, that is huge because so many people end up having unnecessary amounts of stress because they let the day's events define, I think, yeah, define what happens to them and what also they let it in, right? They actually let it affect them. Yes. And when I realized like recently in the past year, I've had this experience with like forgiveness and just actually forgiving people who didn't actually apologize, who didn't actually like, you know, Mm -hmm. have a conversation with me, but deciding to forgive anyway. Mm -hmm. And this experience of realizing that you do have the power and you can take responsibility for if certain events, people, energies, vibrations, whatever it is, actually change who you are. And in the same way that the lowest vibration in the room can affect everyone. The highest one can also yes. overpower, right? It works yeah. both ways. And mm-hmm. so that's, I think, really the strength of the nervous system and the understanding of strengthening it before you get into the stressful situations that when you're in it, right? This is like what a lot of Academy of Breath is about and a lot of like breath work is about is consciously putting yourself into an aroused state or being, you know, more quote unquote stressed out from a body perspective, mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. seeing that you're safe anyway. So then the next time yeah. you're actually in a difficult conversation or you go somewhere and it's not, it doesn't feel right, you can regulate that or you sort of redefine your body's capacity to handle it. Yes. And that's like mm-hmm. always tied for me as well to the ability to have, you know, any difficult conversation and like, to be able to handle those things. So how does the nervous system itself, like how do you personally describe sort of being aware of that? Like, what does that feel like? What is someone's nervous system? Like, how do they identify what's happening in it? Yeah. So you can identify what's going on in your nervous system based off of the way you respond to your environment or the way you react to your environment. Um, I told my husband the other day that I did not have the capacity to have a conversation. Cause I was like up to here. Like you remember back in the day, your mom would be like, I've had it up yeah. to here with you. Like she yeah. was right. She <laughs> legit had it up to here. And yeah. if you push her one more fucking second, you were out. Yeah. Um, 
that's our body telling us, right? When we've had those moments that you're really irritated, you wake up and you're like, why am I in a bad mood? It doesn't mean you didn't get the best sleep. It could mean that, but it could also mean that yesterday you didn't regulate. You didn't come back to a healthy state, mm-hmm. um, you know, physiologically before you continue to stack activating tasks on top of each other. Activation is not bad. I think that's something to make clear because in the, in the world of nervous system regulation, it's like, we're always trying to get regulated, but like not be dysregulation is not bad. Um, activation is not bad. It's the unhealthy capacity to fluctuate whatever that is in your body. That's activating you and then regulating you Mm. and then dysregulating you. And it's also coming back to balance at the end of the day. That is so fucking important. So for example, like after this converse, like I'm, I'm activated right now. Mm. I'm focused. It's called you stress. It's called good stress. It's the stress that gets you out of bed in the morning when you have a workout. Right. And so after this, I should take some time. If I'm aware, most people aren't, if I'm aware that I have to record my own podcast later, right? But if I just closed my computer and got back on with my business partner and did my thing afterwards, you know how when you're like, I'm mentally tired, I'm just Mm. mentally drained, that's your nervous system kind of peaking. And Mm. it's telling you, you need to come down to a more balanced um, homeostatic state. And for everyone listening, it's like, just pay attention to how you feel in the morning. Right. Meditation, obviously, in the morning is game changing because it's it opens and it and it widens your capacity for the day to be present. What makes us stressed out? It's when we're not present. I, I that's like yeah. the main thing is when I'm going through my day. I mean, I used to teach five fucking fitness classes a day, <laughs> right? So by the fourth, I wasn't present. By the fifth, I like sure as hell wasn't present. And not being present exerts more energy, Mm. right? Being present. When I decided to dive more into meditation and breath work, I could do a meditation in the morning before I taught to do classes. Then I could take a second, do another meditation, Mm. maybe do a breath work practice because I'm like, shit, I feel it closing. I got to open it back up. Mm. Um, And that was kind of the formula to, to do that type of work. But now I'm so aware that living in integrity with my nervous system is the only way to fucking do it. Mm -hmm. And so I will never teach five classes again in one day. Never, ever, ever. It is not worth it because I've seen the impact not only on myself, but on my clients and the people I work with. You were saying about um, that it's not that getting like dysregulated is a bad thing. And I think that that's so important because a lot of times in this like, you know, wellness space or people talking about spirituality and all that, there's this misconception sometimes that it's like, you can never be like angry or upset or like have emotions that like range out from just whatever the like baseline is. And it's actually worst potentially to try to be so quote unquote regulated that you never leave the baseline because that's not realistic. And that's where you suppress, right? That's where you're like, actually angry, but you're holding it in your body, which ends up being mm-hmm. worse for you. Right. So yep. that's so important because I actually for a second was like, 
oh, I don't really get like angry anymore. And I was like, no, I do get angry, but I'm really good at essentially getting back to a baseline after I feel it. Right. And so it's like yeah. having the, you were start describing kind of like going up and down. Yeah. And I realized I, I, there's this metric on, um, I wear a whoop strap and it tells you your heart rate variability mm-hmm. is so high, which is really, really good. And I was looking it up and it's because of the, basically my, my ability to go from parasympathetic to sympathetic and essentially have like a really well-balanced nervous system. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, that shows you like all th- that ability to feel that feeling, but be able to regulate myself back after I've properly felt it. But mm, I think, yeah, that's get so beautiful. That, Right. Like, I think people get confused that, oh, am I like never allowed to be angry or like, can I never be sad? And it's like, no, you 100% should feel those feelings, but it's like past the the window of it being healthy is where you have to kind of ask questions. Yeah. I think a lot of this work too strengthens your capacity to emotionally process things, right? If you don't, if you're feeling all these emotions and you don't know how to process them and you naturally go into a trauma response, big T, little T, whatever it is. If emotions come up, I know my trauma response was to disassociate and Mm. it was to, to flight, right? So in this type of way, physiological flight where I, it's not like I freezed and just didn't have the conversation. I would completely unattach Mm. from whatever it was until it came back into my body eventually. And I learned how to process emotions going back to energy because it, it's connected to this unprocessed emotions in a, whatever situation leaves some energy in that situation. So I Mm. do this little micro hypnotherapy visualization where I have clients we get into a meditative state and then we go into different rooms in this visual hall hallway of their own imagination. Mm. And they see what unprocessed emotion are in those rooms in the form of bubbles is what I've been doing lately. And they grab it and they pick it up and they put it back in their body and they put it back in their body because so many times we don't want, we'll be in a conversation. I say, I'm out of here. I don't want to ever fucking have this conversation again. I'm out. But the emotion, I'm still activated in my body. So the emotion is still very much alive in my body. Whatever I want to do with it, you know, is up to me. But the key Mm. is to process it, right? That's why people will say, hold on, I'm still processing. And I think that's such a beautiful boundary to have. If you are in a conversation that is a little bit activating or whatever it is, and you need some time to process, take the time, but process it. Otherwise again, like you were speaking earlier about these things can be in our body and then they can cause mental illness or autoimmune disorder or Mm. psoriasis. I suffered with eczema and psoriasis for so long, but it's because I learned that my body was trying to get this unprocessed emotion out of me. It wasn't, Mm -hmm. there's no reason why anybody should have psoriasis or eczema. It could be like a pH thing, whatever it is. But I went to so many doctors and they had no fucking idea what it was deep down inside. I like knew what it was, but I was hoping it wasn't me having to go face my fucking fears of of meeting my subconscious mind. Right. I was like, please just give me a steroid. I would rather not see a therapist. 
but yeah. since I've processed more, it hasn't been back. And when it does come back, it's because I'm stressed out. Mm, yes. I mean, the physical manifestation of unresolved emotions, trauma, etc., is I think a very I mean, I think people are starting to do a lot of scientific research on this to start to get a better understanding, but it can really change the way you even look at wellness. And yeah, I think it's actually a lot more empowering because I've started like, I mean, we started this conversation by me telling you, I think I was sick because of like mental things that I was going through, but I think it can really change the way you look at illness and disease in a lot of ways to a more empowering stance because yes instead of it being like something is out to get me in the world there's germs everywhere and like i'm going to die because i encounter whatever right or like yeah, i totally. have no control etc you can say maybe sometimes when i'm sick or when i like have this physical ailment that shows up it's actually because i you know, haven't had this conversation I need to have. And so my body is doing all the work of holding on to this, this energy, right? This is why it's all connected. It's like, I, your body wants to expel it. So for you, it was mm-hmm. literally like mm-hmm. showing up on your skin, right? Like, yeah. And I think if people gave that a chance as being true, then they could see that, how they yeah. can own that and actually like, take more charge of their wellness because they have the tools to process those things. It is true. That is a fucking fact. Yeah. <laughs> your body will tell you everything you need to know, right? Mm-hmm. Your body will tell you everything you need to know. It could be as simple as I probably shouldn't go to the gym today because mm-hmm. I'm really sore. That's like a really good way to just relate to it. People out there listening that love working out. I'm right there with you, but listening to your body starts with that listening to your body starts with saying, I can't go out tonight. It's Friday night. I know I want to go out. I want to go have a drink with some friends, but listening to your body can say, holy shit, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. Like my body is saying, and it's just, what is the somatic sensation that comes through your body of being tired? You're yawning, Mm -hmm. right? You're um, maybe slouchy, right? Maybe your tone is maybe you're talking slower, whatever it is. It's the somatic response that is information. Mm -hmm. And these are just ways people can really relate to, but it's like, then you override it and you go out. Obviously I've been there. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and your body starts to operate in a way that isn't conscious about the somatic expression. Cause your mind going back to the mind conversation, your mind is like, Oh, we've done this before. We've done this before. It's like, but your body will get used to what it's used to. So people need to be careful about that. Your body will get used to what it's used to. So you're programming basically your future Mm. in the present by listening to what the body's telling you it means. Right. And do you think that there's sort of like a recalibration period? Because like you're saying, the mind and body will sort of adapt to what you've always been doing to it. And actually last night was listening to this uh, Mark Gross podcast. He had this guy on who essentially like did this whole fitness 
journey where he gained 75 pounds and then lost it all. And he was speaking about weight loss, right? And he was saying how when people have been eating junk food and just eating very poorly, like the standard American diet for years, and they start to eat healthy food, they actually feel like shit at first because their body has adapted and is so used to eating all unhealthy things. And so that's, I found that to be true too, is after you've built a certain habit or like your mind and body have become so used to something, like say you're always betraying your body all the time because you're like, well, fuck, I got to go to this and I have to do that. You never listen to your body. Then your new standard is going to be like, you're sort of operating well, but it's like this weird adapted version. So do you find that you have to sort of like recalibrate to actually feel, to to get like a true reading basically? Mm -hmm. I think that, yeah, it's like climbing out of a hole that you dug yourself into, right? It's like when you are addicted to caffeine or heaven forbid, you're a fucking alcoholic, you can die from not having alcohol because your body is so used to it in the blood and in the system. It's so fucking sad. And that's the same with caffeine. That's the same with, we can talk about your habits. Mm. It's the same with, it's the same with pressing snooze on your alarm. Right. Something I'm trying to get better at is waking up when I say I'm going to wake up. That's just something I'm trying to get better at. But I am really good at just being like, you know, I'm going to move slow. I'm going to move slow. I see it happen in real time. I'm very present with what goes down in my mind. But it's as simple as that. It's as simple as um, not committing to your work date at the coffee shop with your with your friend, Mm. because there is, you know, bringing it all the way back to resistance. There is some type of resistance there um, that you're not looking at. And the more you give into resistance, it could be, it could be multiple things, but the more you give into that, the more you're not going to be affected by, oh shit, I missed my coffee work day. Mm. It's just going to, you're going to be that flaky friend and no one's going to invite you out or whatever it is. This can be, and this can be multiple um, expressions in life, Um, but it's just, having people be aware of where are you truly not living in integrity with the way you want to be and feel energetically out in the world, um, health wise, health wise, business wise, relationship wise, whatever it is, you keep dating assholes. You're going to get used to dating fucking Mm. assholes. And then the sweet guy is going to come and you're going to be like, Oh, he's too nice. Whatever it is. It's there. there, You know? Right. It turns into like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? That's all. It's like the cycle. It keeps repeating and repeating. And so then the story affirms and affirms until I think sometimes I wonder like essentially you have to break the pattern eventually. It's like you have to make one decision that says I'm choosing a different thing today, but then you have to continue to choose that same thing the next day. It's creating the new habit, right? It's like Mm -hmm. that. I think breaking it down in terms of habits has actually helped me. I'm someone who I like a lot of, um, I like new formats of doing things. I've found it like, because I'm a very, my human design is a one four. And so the one is like researcher and like likes to learn new things. So for my own life and goals and things like that, I find I have to have a new thing to sort of keep me going. So learning Mm -hmm. about this habits 
perspective from the book that my my brother has been reading to me, <laughs> or he'll like tell me about what he's learning. Um, but breaking things down and looking at it as like your life is filled with a bunch of little habits. And those little mm-hmm. habits are mm-hmm. connected to your subconscious. They're connected to right, these patterns of like what you keep repeating and just doing because it's a habit, right? That's very easy to, to comprehend is I wake up mm-hmm. every morning and I brush my teeth. It's just a habit, right? Mm-hmm. But what happens is you can say, I'm going to notice where I'm doing the bad habits and try to either cut those off at the source and then also add in new ones, right? So it's like, if you keep being a flaky friend, you're mm-hmm. building that as a habit. And so you can start to locate, if you look at it in a habit, I think it makes it smaller and more digestible. I think that's why it's powerful is because it can be really overwhelming to be like, I'm a fucking mess and this sucks and this sucks totally. and relationship is in the shitter and whatever. But to break it down and be like, okay, there's this little action to keep repeating. How can I like break that cycle? Yeah, it's simple. It can be very simple, right? And then those simple things that you do will... This is the thing too that I think is important. You don't have to go directly to the root to fix this one thing. I totally believe in if there's one thing really holding you back, but waking up early is a part of that, you can change that one rooted thing from spending some time with the outer things. Mm -hmm. Right. And I believe that that is so possible. So it's looking at the things that are more inviting to you that you want to work on Mm -hmm. rather than why people don't take that step to growth is they, they see something so, so big. So it could be like losing 20 pounds. That's huge. Right. That's huge. But how can we start to loosen up the heaviness in your mind that is losing 20 pounds. It is maybe having a green juice in the morning instead of a bagel sandwich, you know, and, um, I'm not a nutritionist, but then you might feel more excited and energized to go to the gym that day. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's knowing that you don't have to always get to the, the depth of the root of what's holding you back. Right. You can look around the root and see what you can start to, Mm you know, unplant and replant or whatever. Yeah. That's very powerful. And so many people I think sit in stagnation because the end goal is so far, right? Like even just, yeah, whether it's a personal health goal or it's like a career dream, right. Is we're like, Oh my God, I want to be making this much money or I want to you know, be in this place. And you're like, that is so far. Like, how the fuck do I get there? And that's why then I think you end up like sitting on the couch, not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Like I've been there. Mm -hmm. I've been like just paralyzed by the, the size of the goal. Right. But then I say when you just start, it, it sounds cliche, but it's, I think a fundamental truth of existence, because if you think about nature, it grows so slowly. Things take a Mm -hmm. lot of time, Mm -hmm. but they happen nonetheless, right? Like Mm -hmm. flower starts as the seed. Yeah. It sounds so fucking stupid when you say it, but Mm -hmm. it's like, that is how it works. And if you treat yourself as something so sacred as a piece of nature, because you are, that's what you actually are, then you can sort of rewire the way you look at growth and say, if I just show up every day and become 1% better, or I go to the gym and do just 10 reps, then I can leave. 
that shit adds up. And like, that's the small incremental Mm. growth that then a year from now, you're like, holy shit, I'm a new fucking person. That's so beautiful. That is so beautiful. You need to use that as a quote for this episode. It's like my mom has been growing this tomato plant in her garden for, I swear, a year. Yeah. And I feel like the last time I was over there, she finally had two little itty bitty tomatoes. And I, in my mind was like, what? You've been planting or you planted it. You watered it. You watered it. You watered it. Nothing grows. This is such a perfect example too. And she just continues to water it, continues to water it. My sweet, consistent mom. And I would have been like, fuck the tomatoes. I'm going to Trader Joe's. She just waits and waits and waits. And then these beautiful little tomatoes that taste so delicious come from that, that labor of love. And that Mm. is, we are nature, you know, Mm. nature's intelligence, um, will prevail Mm. if you trust and believe and do the things that are going to like ground your essence into your Mm. intelligence. I love that. I mean, that personally has been like one of the things most present for me, because I, I'm someone who has like I'm sure just like you, huge goals, big dreams, big visions. And sometimes I'm like, what the fuck? When? <laughs> yeah. When is it coming? When do I get there? Right. And then you have to like look back at your story. Right. And then you have to realize like, if you can just be present today and focus on this day, time is going to fly. Like we all yeah. know time ends up fucking flying. And so I try to always come back to being like, What can I do today that is aligned with the vision that feels good to me, that brings me joy? That's all that's all I can do. Like then I I have to leave the rest and I have to just trust that like I will be an undeniable entity of growth because of my nature. Like because Mm -hmm. I exist, I have to evolve. It's how it works when you show up. Yeah. And I just want people to know too that there can be quantum connection in just aligning every day with who you want to be. It's going to take more components floating around your ether at the same time, but it is possible to go from last month feeling like this. And then this month being like, holy shit, what was aligned for me? I had the best month in my business. Um, in April, I only worked two weeks because it was the month I got married. And I truly Congratulations, by the way. That looks very beautiful. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I truly feel, because I was still working here and there. And like, I had a couple of clients while we were in the hotel preparing and blah, blah, blah. Not on my wedding day, but that week. (laughs) Um, And I was so aligned with my past, my present, and my future. And that's Mm. how you quantum connect to what you want. So that's an... I don't want to say it was an easier way to connect quantum leap. It was though, because like a wedding is such a portal, but I'm trying now to duplicate a similar energy in my life. Like, how do I feel connected to Lexi's past? And how do I feel really like proud of who she was Mm. in my everyday life, as well as focused on the present and what I'm creating now, as well as looking towards the future and what I want to bring in. Mm. Um, because, because I felt sensationally so connected to all of that, that month of April. And I was like, Holy shit. Right. How did it was just offers that I had even on my site. It was just like random stuff that people were buying, but it was, 
yeah, it's something I'm still exploring right now because I really don't know what happened. I really don't know. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I'm saying is like, yes, it takes a little bit every day to align with who you want to be and what you're calling in, but it's energy too, mm-hmm. right? It's also your energy behind it. So I think this is something I didn't say in the beginning because we just got off into the best conversation <laughs> ever. But like we were talking about affirmations and stuff, a lot of the work I do with my clients is like not just saying I am worthy, like go say I am worthy and look at yourself in the mirror and blah, blah, blah. It's feeling how does I am worthy feel in your body and being completely real with how it feels. Does it make you uncomfortable? Because if it does, let's fucking be with that. Right. right? Because you can only get to the true embodiment of, for example, I am worthy. If you are real with the fact that you don't like the way that feels in your body. Right. So it's the energy behind waking up and having a green juice. It's the end. It's not like I'm drinking like that, that, Instagram, I'm going for a fucking walk for my mental health. Yeah. Right? It's like, but it's the <laughs> energy. For a stupid walk for my stupid mental health. I, I love that so much. Um, but it's the energy behind the things you're doing. It's taking five minutes, maybe three minutes to be clear and to get clear on the green juice that you're drinking, right? This is a a minimal example, but it's to get really clear and feel how it feels in your body to be doing this. So many people live life just doing things because they see it on the internet or Mm. even a coach told them to do it. But the, I take it to the next level with my clients. And I say, I want you to do this. How does it feel in your body? Pay attention to how it feels in your body. Mm. And then I check in with them literally the next day and ask, how it felt. Do they have resistance? Have they done it yet? And then we get to the root of the action because the action isn't just the action isn't going to be powerful enough. It will take longer. If you want like a quantum, quantum leap in life, you have to attune to the energy. Yeah. The experience of having quantum leaps is so wild because I mean, this is, I feel like sounds like kind of what happened around your wedding month. And it's like, I feel like you always revisit or go back and you're like, okay, how do I like replicate this and like what happened? But I mean, I think it really speaks to those moments where you almost like stopped thinking about the goal or you like stopped needing it so badly. That's for me, those biggest like manifestations have come through when I basically let it go. And so then... I think it really becomes about it's presence is a huge part of it, but even more is mm-hmm. treating your life right now. Like it is the dream and like mm-hmm. noticing every detail yeah. and how yeah. abundant it already is. Right. And mm-hmm. that can be hard, especially if you feel far from your goal. But I think those shifts come a lot because that transforms your energy and that's how you go into the day that's how you pick up the phone that's how you order your dinner like all those things get reflected Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. by that and so it's like probably that month for you was just like ecstasy all the time it was was like totally i mean it's fucking incredible like getting married and celebrating your relationship celebrating you know each person in the relationship the family and the friends that all come there for you right it's like yeah, it was another level of connection, yeah. love, mm. and belonging, right? right? It really was. And that's, I think that's like such a beautiful way to kind of like end the conversation mm. is we 
want to feel like we're growing. We want to feel like we have some type of love in our life and we want to feel like we belong, right? So it's simple. Let's reverse engineer and Mm. do those things. Let's just do those things along with life and what we have to do to make money and things like that, of course, but connection, growth, and belonging, right? Those are the components of a fulfilled life. And when you're fulfilled, you're unattached to everything that you want because Mm. you're fulfilled in the present moment. Yes. Yeah. It's like basically asking yourself, what are the little things I can do today to feel those things? Even if it's just through visualization or Mm -hmm. through Mm -hmm. the taking a walk, right? Like it can be really simple because I think people get bogged down by like resources or feeling like they don't have the dream aspects of the life lined up. And a lot of the feelings are all created internally. You can sit down in no matter what, you know, hopefully it's a little quiet. If you can't even get in a quiet scenario, just still like in the mind, in the body, you can try to create those feelings. And that's Mm -hmm. real energy. It's not fake. Mm -hmm. Like your body and mind can't tell the difference if you're feeling Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. happiness because you quote unquote made it up for right now or because it like actually was stimulated from something from the outside. It's the same. Yeah, it is. It's it's magic. We are magical humans, right? Yeah. We really are made up to be, we're made up to be magic. Um, and so we have to trust that we are magic and we have all the resources within us to live the best life we can. Um, and there are resources out there when it comes to healing and coaching and mentorship and stuff. So hopefully if you're listening and you don't feel like there's a resource out there, like hit us up and I'll make one. Right. Because it's like to truly just feel present and to truly feel empowered, which is Mm. what this whole conversation has really been about. That's just an energy that's going to take you to the next level on its own. Yeah. Yeah. Lexi, this has been so fun and amazing. I would so fun. Please mention everywhere that people can find you, they can work with you, programs, etc. Because you are a fucking powerhouse, and I want to make sure people can get all the goodness. Yes. So follow me on Instagram, Lexi.rodriguez.smith. I changed my last name. Um and I don't know when this will air, but it will be it will be up as a replay if anyone wants it. But on June 30th, I'm hosting an upgrade your energy breathwork journey through the mind and the body. So it'll be basically a lot about what we spoke about. I do a lot of work getting my clients familiar with their body and the sensations in their body, but then I do trust them enough. And this is kind of an advanced technique, but everyone's welcome. I do trust them enough to play in the mind a little bit. Um, and I've developed this journey so that they're not in their mind for too long. And they always come back to the body. Cause I think that's what can be a problem is some people are just overly in their mind. And if I saw that in someone, I would never do this with them, but I bring them back into their body, up into the mind, back into the body, up into the mind, because mm-hmm. the goal is to strengthen your capacity to be in connection. So that's going to be June 30th um, at 6 p.m. PST. But again, it'll be up as a recording. And then cool. right now I'm enroll- enrolling for Energetically You, which is a one-on-one um, energetic embodiment mentorship. Um, and it's for teachers, leaders, and healers that want to just feel more embodied in their expression. And you can just hit me up for that, for that link as well. Awesome. That's great. This will air actually just in 
in a few days. So Perfect. I'll, I'll definitely link, uh, just send Sweet. me links to all that and I'll put it. Yeah, in the I will. Um, well, this has been so awesome. I'm, this has been so fun. I knew we were going to have a good time. Um, thank you for riffing with me. I hope, I hope it was fun. Um, so I like fun. to just, you know, keep the pods casual and just back and forth. So, um, but yeah, this was just great. I'm really, really grateful for your time and for your wisdom and your story. It's been, it was awesome. And I think the listeners are going to love it. So thank you so much, Bella. Have a good day, love. For sure. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. 